What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Megan. And I'm Nori. What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. Thank God. I fucking hated that. That was awful. That was weird. Yeah. Blech. Well, in case you were wondering what that was all about, welcome to our Out of the Broom Closet episode. So that's why we used our names, which is just, ew, I just hate it now. Yeah. It feels weird saying my own name, to be really honest. Like, I don't do it a lot. So to say, like, hi, I'm Megan. Like, ew, what are we, like, meeting in a grocery store? <laughs> like, oh, do we do we do Jimboree together? Like, hi, I'm Megan. Nice to meet you. What? <laughs> See, and I'm used to saying my name because usually when people ask what my name is, I can't just say it once. I can't go, mm-hmm. I'm Nori. Nora? No, Nori. Lori? Nori. Mary? It's like, so I am yeah. so used to saying my name and usually it's like, I am Nori. Like I'm trying to like get people to understand and then I get mm-hmm. the, oh, seaweed? And I'm like, just F you, you know, just no. <laughs> just say it. Just say the name and then move on. So. Out of the broom closet. I guess this episode is really dedicated to a couple of things. One is, how do you come out of the broom closet? When should you? Why should you? And also to kind of come out of the broom closet with you guys as far as, okay, so you know Gemini and Scorpio. Um, Who the heck are these other two bitches? You know, (laughs) what are they like? Yes. (laughs) Who are those two bitches? (laughs) So, okay, so out of the broom closet, um, we have been outed, I don't know how they found out we had a podcast at work, but we talked about that already in a previous podcast, how one of our administrators came up to me and was like, oh, you know, I heard the podcast, it was really good, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah. You know, I don't, obviously, if one knows, they all know. Because I can't imagine that that's something they kept quiet. Like, why would they not say something? Um, I forget every time until you mention it that that happened. So, like, every time you bring it up, it's a fresh moment of horror for me where I'm like, oh, fuck, really? I forgot. Yeah, every time. Every time. I'm like, oh, oh shit, people know about this. Horror. Damn, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, they know. And, you know, um, how do people know at work about... I mean, I guess that's one place to come out. So there's different places to come out about being a witch. One would be with people you meet, with a prospective yeah. partner, and at work. I'm trying to think of where else you would come out. Um, on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I guess on the internet. So I think that like part of this was sort of spawned by the fact that I added witch space into my personal Instagram bio. Um, which like, you know, we, we started this as Scorpio and Gemini specifically because we wanted to be sort of semi-anonymous and that was my first, you know, year five, my first time of being like, all right, I'm going to just be honest to people in my life. Like, yeah, not only am I like kind of the weird witchy one, I am a witch. Here's my cool podcast. You guys should listen to it. Um, and for me, that was sort of like the, the biggest step. Cause like it, it was easy to come out and be like, oh yeah, you you're a witch, right? I'm a witch. We're witches. Like, that was easy for us to do. It was easy to do with, like, my boyfriend, now husband, to be like, yeah, I'm a witch. That's, like, part of the deal. It's it's easy to do in a lot of contexts, but it's really hard to do in other contexts. Yeah. 
Um, I came out when I worked in an office before I became a teacher. I came out to people there. There was a druid working there as well. So I just kind of felt like, and you know, people would just say things like, I had one woman who's like, oh, you're a witch. So do you fry, fly on a broom? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. You know, I, I didn't bother me because at the end of the day, this is like anything else in your life, right? Like if you yeah. are Pentecostal, do you go around talking about it to everybody you meet? Like you don't. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like the same thing. Like, I don't necessarily feel a need when I meet somebody for the first time to be like, hey, man, I'm a witch. What do you do? You know, it's it's just, yeah, I don't feel like it's it's that important to, to tell people. But at the same time, if you don't ever come out, then it never becomes normal to people. Yeah. Right. Like if you are the resident witch, well, that's kind of cool. Because now somebody can say, oh, that's what a witch is. I know a witch. And she's just like, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, Does that mean everybody should come out? I'm going to say yes and no. Like, come out to who? Whose business is it anyway? Yeah. It's, you know what? I've heard it. I've heard discussions recently in like, (laughs) <laughs> the alphabet mafia and the LGBTQ community being like, you know, it's not really coming out. It's because you do it over and over and over and over again, right? You're never like fully out of the closet. And that's sort of the same way I think that you approach this is like you're never fully all the way out because you're going to meet somebody new and then have to do the whole thing again. So it's sort of like it's almost like the coming out metaphor is like a not a super helpful metaphor anymore. Hmm. See, I'm thinking there's so many things about all of our lives that we have in the closet that you have to tell people when you meet them, right? Like people meet me and like they'll start talking or whatever. And because I'm a woman of a certain age and they know I'm married, they're just like, so how many kids do you have? And I'm like, zero, Mm -hmm. you know? So you come out of the closet there when people start talking about things and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that has, I have never experienced anything like that. Um, Yeah. So now I come out of the closet with that. Then there's, I'm a witch. Then there's, oh, I happen to be Latine. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many things that people don't yeah, know. Yeah, because everybody assumes you're Japanese. That's true. <laughs> now, that's something I'm coming out of the broom closet with. <laughs> I have been mistaken for Japanese many so times many in times. my life. And it's just, it's kind of like a running joke now with people. It's just like, I am Japanese. I'm just going to <laughs> say that because it'll just be easier than having to disappoint people by saying I'm not. I did try learning Japanese. I know a little bit. I know how to like say hello and. Um, I know nothing. I can sing some songs. I watched a lot of anime. That's like where I'm at as a person. <laughs> I just feel like maybe at one point in my life, I just need to be able to say, but well, that, that wouldn't help my case. I was going to say just to be able to say, hey, I'm not Japanese. That would be hilarious. And yes, you need to learn Uh, it. I need you to speak English to me. Thank you. Stop. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that like the whole process of like coming out of the broom closet or any closet is about like gauging your comfort level. Right. So like it's it's very comfortable to be like, no, I'm not Japanese. (laughs) I'm Latina. Thank you. But it's not as comfortable to be like, hey, this is a deeply important part of my life that I'm going to share with you and then you might judge me for it. Right. So do you have to come out? Okay. Do you, I mean, no. Okay. 
answering that question literally no nobody has to do anything you could do whatever you want if you don't want to come out you don't want to come out did i have to yes i I reached a point where i felt it was necessary um where it was sort of like i'm making assumptions now it's i've gotten far enough in my life that i'm assuming that i can't share this openly um because i've said this on the podcast before like nothing nothing around me has been so overwhelmingly negative towards the idea of me being a witch that it was like okay i can't do this yeah have people like made weird comments or have i been around people who like i definitely know wouldn't necessarily approve of it yeah but nothing was actively harming me and it was probably at that point it was like okay it's better to just be authentic than to be worried about a hypothetical like pain that I've never experienced for real. And I'm like, even if I do experience like what's okay, we experience pain and we move on. You know, if I was living in a place where like clearly everybody was really hostile, I probably wouldn't do that. I probably would just be keeping that, you know, take that to the grave with me. The first time I went in the closet, I, and I I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but I was in elementary school and I don't know why kids were talking about, I don't know if it was like going to church or just religion in general. I don't know what it was, but the topic of God came up and religion. Mm-hmm. And some kid asked me like, oh, you're Catholic, right? And I said, no, I'm not. And at the time I used the term espiritista and she said, you worship the devil. And that scared the crap out of me. And I was like, mm-hmm. <gasps> and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic. Like, that's just, that just became my thing. It was just like, I'm going to be Catholic because there's absolutely no way. I didn't understand what that meant, worship the devil. I think maybe now I'd be like, yeah, all right, I worship the devil. You know what I mean? It's not, uh-huh. you know, because it's like, you you know a little bit more and you're like, okay, that's not that bad anyway. So, yeah, okay, I'll, I worship the devil. Yeah. But back then it was scary because I didn't even know what that really meant. I just knew the devil yeah. was bad because, you know, I'd already seen The Exorcist because I'd seen scary movies since I was like, I'm sorry, much how old were you when you saw The Exorcist? Oh, I was a kid. I was a little kid. I was on TV and, yeah. Jesus Christ. I still haven't seen The Exorcist. I'm 31 years old. Girl, I <laughs> watched... How did I start? I mean, I started really, really young. Like, you know when you have memories of when you are just starting school? So what are you, like, four, five? And one of my favorite yeah. games to play was um, Frankenstein. Which basically meant everybody in the house was a villager and we'd shut off the lights and I would terrorize the villagers. Like it was basically That's a game adorable. of catch. Yeah. Do you know and, what's so funny? In what? elementary school, we played Freddy Krueger and I had no idea what that meant. No, I didn't understand. There was just some girl who was like, we're going to be Freddy Krueger and we're going to go into people's dreams. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. I'm going to do it with you. I had no context for that at all. <laughs> Well, it this terrorized my brother because he was really afraid of the dark. And just for people who don't know, my brother was a lot older than me. So it's not like we were terrorizing a smaller child. It was literally a full-grown, like, teenager, like a great, That's you know, hilarious. big teenager. And whenever the lights would go out, because my father would just, like, do the switch. It was, you could not turn a light on. And I think he did that to mess with him. So oh I would God. just be, like, running through the house, like, you know, and just chasing people. And this used to make me so happy. So, yeah, I, I've been watching whatever was on TV. And I'm going to say, I don't think I was really allowed to watch, like, HBO and stuff. 
I I remember watching stuff with commercials. So mm-hmm. whenever I saw The Exorcist, it must have been on like whatever channel or something. I think wow. I don't I don't know, but yeah. But it was just I don't know. Anyway, that's just me. <laughs> I don't think that's coming out of the closet. I think everybody knows I like creepy shit. But yeah, yeah so that's fair. Why am I saying this? Oh, so that was my conception of the devil, right? The devil, right? Gonna possess of children, like this spooky, the devil, yeah, horrible. Right. So peace. I definitely, yeah, I yeah. didn't want to be associated with that. So that drove me into the closet, and I decided to stay there. And it wasn't until I met my first witch in high school that I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. Um, I'm not really going to look into it yet. And then college, it just seemed like I kept meeting witches. And I was Mm -hmm. finally like, all right, what the hell is this? So it never really occurred to me. I used to wear a pentagram everywhere. It never occurred to me not to wear it or that some people might be scared of it. I just was like, okay, this is what I do now. Like, and I wear a pentagram. And it it was small. Mm -hmm. I think my mother got it for me, you know, and I was just so happy. Like I had that and I had whatever. And like I said, when I went to Wall Street, I wore it. I was a witch. There was something about moving here. There was where the lower Hudson Valley, there was something about coming here. (laughs) The suburbs. (laughs) The suburbs. But, you know, in all honesty, I went into the closet with a lot of things. Mm. I. Okay. uh, My hair was brown. I had these I love how much disdain highlights. she has with this. Like every time this gets brought up, it's just like just disappointment in her past self, just all over her face. It's so great. Okay, because you have to realize when I was on Wall Street, I had no eyebrows because my eyebrows were whatever color that I would highlight my hair. So if it was pink, I had pink eyebrows. If it was red, I had red eyebrows. You know, like and nobody on Wall Street looked twice. I was vice president of marketing. It was mm-hmm. not like I was like working in the mailroom, like no one cared. I did wear my suits. Like I did have these really cute suits, but my hair always looked kind of funky and I did whatever I wanted on the weekend. Mm. Something about moving to the suburbs felt, I also felt like, okay, the minute I hit 30, I was like, I'm an adult adult. So Mm -hmm. I guess all this stuff that I used to do, because you know, if you're smart, I don't know about every business, but at least in marketing, if you're smart, you know, nobody looked at you and was like, well, you're too young, so you're young and dumb or whatever. So mm-hmm. they just expected young people, especially writers, because the whole department was made up of writers and like there was an opera singer and there was, you know, a guy who wanted to act and he was acting. So we were all a little bit, we weren't Creatives. brokers. We were creatives. Yeah. So all of us were allowed a little bit of something, a little bit of, you know, lee room and lee room, leeway. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's kind of like 30 to me meant I had to grow up. So I thought, so Mm -hmm. growing up means I do what? So I guess now my hair has to be natural and I should shop where I don't have to wear a suit anymore. So where do adults shop? So I shopped in anthropology and that's, you know, that's what my look was. That's where adults shop. Yes, I used to go there too, Ann Taylor and Ann Taylor Loft. I used to shop there as well. So to me, that was what I had to do. So who I was when I first started teaching, nobody really knew because I didn't Mm -hmm. talk about it. I kind of thought I have to put a lot of this stuff away because I'm an adult and adults don't do, I don't know what I thought adulting was, but I, I thought I had to change somehow. 
So I think that's so funny because I feel like our stories are flipped. Like you hit 30 and you're like, I have to be an adult. And I hit 30 and I was like, I can finally be an adult. Like, I feel like I was an old ass woman my whole childhood. <laughs> and then like Saturn return hit. And I was like, oh, my God, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And it, and it, it didn't like I knew I could do whatever the fuck I want. But it was sort of like this um, – it's like I, this, like, spiritual moment where I realized, like, no, like, I literally – I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm in charge of my own life. I can just be who I am. And that's – that's it. Yeah. That's nice. I didn't feel it like was, that. It, Saturn and I have, like, an interesting relationship. Karma is my boyfriend. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and I think that, like, part of the struggle of a witch is the constant grappling with authenticity, right? Because we are, our paths are so individual, even if you're in a coven, right? Like, it's significantly smaller as, like, a religious circle than, like, going to a church, right? There's this distinct lack of community that I think forces us to really see ourselves more more just more literally forces you to just be with yourself more than other religious paths and so it's this constant grappling of like okay well why am i doing this who am i doing this for what like is am i doing this because i want to or is this because like the witches on the internet said i had to and and you know we've we've been on here talking about like oh do the work there were times where i was doing shit where i was just like oh this is what people said you're supposed to do i did that 100 percent. i feel like we all do that at some point yeah. And so, you know, hey, you don't come out because, no, they, oh, no, you can't come out. I mean, even, like, Gardner was like, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. We keep that shit to ourselves. Well, I told you, I there was a coven that I was thinking about getting into, and one of the first things they said was, you can't tell anybody. Like, we don't tell anybody. And I was like, you know what? This is this is whack. Like, I, I don't want to be part of something where, yeah. you know, if I see you in the supermarket, I have to pretend I didn't see you in the supermarket because we don't yeah. know each other. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I can't Clark Kent my way through life. And here's the one thing I want to tell people. People know. For people who are like, I can't tell people that mm -hmm. I'm a witch. People know. I have been outed more times by people just assuming that I know stuff. People just coming up to me and saying, Oh, you know about this, right? And it's like, all right, what? I've had students say to me, I was telling my mother about you. And like, then X happens. Like, they had a weird dream. Um, they like talking to animals. And my mom suggested I ask you about this. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. And, um... And I've had conversations with parents where I'm like, all right, so your child was saying, oh, yeah, I just, you know, because when we talked during Meet the Teacher, I was just like, I think you would understand this. So I told her to talk to you. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, I haven't come out. Like, what is it with people? So people just know, people, some people, intuitive people will see you for who you are. You can have brown hair. <laughs> you could have a suit on. And people will see that that's not who you are. 100% people will see that. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean you shouldn't wear a suit if your job requires it and you want to. But I really think deep down inside, people see you. You know? 
The right people see you anyway. You're very pensive. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what thoughts. is she thinking? Okay. So my whole my whole problem mm-hmm. is, is it. Mm-hmm. This is the whole, this is encapsulated, right? It's the mortifying ordeal of being known. Right? You desperately want people to see you, but then you're hurt when they perceive you differently than you are. And so it's this juggling act as a human being of like, how much of myself am I giving so that I am seen for who I really am, but also not hurt by being perceived incorrectly. And like, at a certain point, you just have to be like, sometimes people aren't going to see you. The people that matter are going to see you. And the people that don't are going to write you in their story however they do. That's true. I would have liked to have, like, internalized that maybe 15 years ago. (laughs) That would have been really helpful. At, like, 14. So... I don't know if we're accomplishing anything now. So I don't know. I feel like we are very accomplishing things. So before anybody is wondering, so are they gonna use their real names? No, I don't like it. We've we we this is year five and we got used to this and that's who we are. And that's the other thing. So let's come out of the broom closet with that. Okay. Yes. Scorpio and Gemini is not who we are. It is, but it isn't. But it isn't. Right. It's part of who we are. It is it's something we grappled with at the start of the podcast was yeah. you didn't want to use your name and I didn't really know what to call you. You know, it's like, hi, yeah. and here's this one. <laughs> I'm <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> that would have been funny if we Dorian, this bitch. <laughs> Stop. What's up, witches? We Welcome to Witch Space. I'm, I'm this that bitch. bitch. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm Nori. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we had to come up with something and, and that's where these yeah. names came from. But in all honesty, and people know this because people who listen to us also have lives. You're not, you are a witch 24 seven and you're not a witch 24 seven. In other words, yeah, I do things with intention. My drives are filled with, if the moon is out from, am I talking to ancestor? Am I talking to the goddess? Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of our lives in that sense. But in the other sense, you know, we're also people who, you know, like to play video games or I, I don't know, things that we like to do. I mean, we're, we love fashion, whatever fashion yeah. we like. Not all fashion. I could give a crap about the Met Gala, but, you know. I give so many craps about the Met Gala. <laughs> do you really? Yes, I love the Met Gala. Oh my God! See, we're different there. I didn't. I didn't think you cared about the Met Gala. Wait, are you ready for this? Sorry, we're gonna do. I'm gonna have a moment because I was. Who I don't know who I was talking to. It was someone who had no business listening to me talk about this. I the Met Gala is so frustrating to me because it's so like obviously capitalism, right? It's like the, it's like sixty thousand dollars you get a fucking ticket to just walk down. Like it's it's such bullshit. But then it's also like one of the preeminent spaces for like avant-garde fashion for like the most ridiculous outfit i mean like rihanna as the pope that whole catholic met gala was just mm, ate that shit up delicious 
but I like, feel it's where... just like Halloween for millionaires. I don't know what the it purpose is. of the Met Gala is. But like, where's the space then? If like the problem is capitalism has created this space where the only way I get cool, like over the top, expensive ass, beautiful fashion is the Met Gala. There's no other place for it. And so I'm eat I'm eating it, right? It's delicious. It's sustaining me because it's these crazy fucking outfits. It's Jared Leto in a fucking cat suit, right? Like I need that. But I sure wish that like it was accessible. It was like real instead of this sort of like frivolity of money. I care so much. <laughs> okay. So Sorry. there's that. <laughs> oh, also I like Taylor Swift and you don't. No, you don't. You don't listen to music, you tell me. And now you li- you like Taylor Swift? I'm not a Swifty, but I have I like own multiple Taylor Swift albums. The podcast is going to end today because I admit a bunch of stuff about myself to Scorpio. I was, I was just going to say, thank you for listening to the last episode of Witch Space Podcast. I can't. I can't even talk to you now. I can't even look at you. I can't look at you. She's she's good, dude. She's good. She's just... She's good. Yeah. She makes good music. Is this I'm a white you tell girl. Me- what, what can I do? But is this why you tell me you don't listen to music because you don't actually want to tell me who you listen to? Okay, let me explain to you how I listen to music. There's only two settings. There's I need to focus at work. So I put on the Fleetwood Mac station on Amazon Music so that I have like a solid background, like 70s vibe, and then I can focus on other stuff. Or some famous white girl puts out an album and I buy it, listen to that album straight the fuck through for like four days and then never listen to it again. So when I need to listen to music... (laughs) And have it in the background. Uh, I, I used to listen to the, the radio, WBGO. I it's, love that for you. It's perfect. It's it's just jazz and the blues hour at one point. And I remember when I worked in an office, people would come by and go, what are you listening to? Like, everyone thought it was fantastic. It's like, yeah, I can't be focused on music, but I need music in the background. So WBGO yeah. was the thing. I haven't listened to it in years. But yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm totally thrown now by that, so I don't know. I also like Ariana Grande. When she puts out an album, I buy it. I listen to it. Never listen to it again. Big fan of Fall Out Boy. Actually saw them in concert. But I don't listen to music. Like, I don't... At no point in my day do I go, oh, I need... You know, let's put on a song. Or, like, you know, it's very specific situations that I'm listening to music. And then otherwise, it's just... I'm narrating my life in my own head. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying to any of this. Just came out of the broom closet. Well, I came out of the record closet, I guess, yep. right there. Yep. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. Nah. It's all right. Well, that's the thing, right? It's about, like, owning who we are. I am a boring yeah. white girl who likes boring white girl music. And, like, that's fine. Are there 7,000 other me's out there listening to the same exact shit? Yeah, that's fine. Not everybody can have perfectly curated music taste. Some of us have opinions on the Met Gala instead. It's, you know, Scorpio's truly deciding whether or not she wants to talk to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm thinking, okay, now that I know this information about you, what can I now introduce to have her listen to that she might actually enjoy? I feel like there are so many artists out there. 
Okay, also technically, I have an encyclopedic knowledge of like 80s rock uh, and like 80s pop and sometimes late 70s. Um, anything that like counts as dad rock, I can identify just off like the first six or seven notes because this is a game that we played in the car as a kid where my father would put on music and be like, who sings this? And I would identify the song. So I'm very good at that also. I like that. I like this. Now you have to tell the listeners something weird and unexpected about you. And by that, I mean something incredibly stereotypical and expected because I just said the most white girl shit ever. I love the Met Gala and I listen to Taylor Swift. I'm thinking about what I'm going to tell people. What haven't I talked about? There's, there's stuff. I know there's stuff. I I don't know. What have I... See, the problem is I feel like you don't have the same problem that I do where like I'm constantly navigating what where my authentic self is like i feel like you're very confident in this is who nori is and i'm gonna live nori's life right like i i don't feel like i don't feel like you ever have that problem where you're like oh i'm gonna you know i don't want people to know like you're just you're like fuck you i'm me yeah because i was gonna say i don't think there's anything i haven't said people know that i'm not goth 24 7 i you know and I think that's just preference. I've, I've always really, really loved 50s fashion. Oh, my God. I would watch so many old things and just be fascinated with the women and their hair and their, their clothing and just... But I didn't think I could ever wear that stuff because obviously they don't make that clothes. Yeah, I would go shopping with my mother. My mother mm-hmm. didn't dress like that. So I was just like, women don't dress like that. And it wasn't until... I was in college that I started going to thrift stores and I'm like, that skirt looks just like, or that jacket looks just like, and then it hit me like, you mean there are vintage pieces out there? Like Mm -hmm. I could have stuff. And then, you know, from there finding the designers today that make, you know, replicas of these kind of outfits and, you know, being able to do that and to curl my hair. And I do that. I, I, I curl my hair and I, God, I, I have vintage purses and, like that to me is just being able to do that is is fascinating. I, I love that stuff. And I think it's because, you know, there's a song by the Velvet Underground. And there's a line that says, um, oh, my God, what the heck is the line? I want to say it's rock and roll save my soul or something like that. And I definitely feel that way. Growing up Latina in a Latina neighborhood where... I mean, I like that music. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But something happened to me. <laughs> something very profound happened. When I was a kid, my mother put on the radio. So I remember listening to Patti Smith and Alice Cooper and people like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until one day my parents just had something mindless on TV. And I want to say I was in middle school or something like that. I was coming home. And it was the Ramones. The Ramones were on TV. And I stopped. My mother still remembers it. She goes, you just stopped and stared. I was like, are you okay? Because I wasn't really making, I didn't have any reaction. I wasn't smiling Mm -hmm. or singing along. She goes, you just froze. You were just standing in front of this thing. And she said, the look on your face when they finished singing, and you were like, who is that? And after that, I bought my first Ramones album. So things started changing for me very quickly musically when I started realizing I don't fit in with these Mm -hmm. people and I don't really have a place 
And then I found this music and I saw people ranging from Nina Hagen to Susie Sue to, and I was like, these women are beautiful. And, you know, Annabella from um, Bow Wow Wow had this long mohawk. And I was like, I want to be beautiful. Like that. To me, that was the epitome of beauty. These girls mm-hmm. that could just transform themselves and look so incredibly different. And then, of course, I found out who Betty Page was. So now I'm like navigating this, this world where like all these girls were looking like this. And that became my group. So now as an adult, as not a kid anymore, I don't have to pick a camp. I don't have to say, well, I'm punk or I'm goth or I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. I can just, you know, depending on what the weather is like, what I feel like doing to my hair, you know, music is just really super important to me. And maybe that's why I don't think I really hate Ariana Grande or Taylor Swift, but it's just music to me helps define who I am. Maybe that's something I'm coming out in the blue of course. about. Right. So depending on like, who's I saying this to? I'm like, when you see me dressed in the morning, you should know exactly what I was listening to as I was getting ready and as I was driving in. You know, like there are some days that mm-hmm. if you don't think I was listening to Sisters of Mercy or if you can't figure out I was listening to Gene Vincent, then there's something wrong with you because it's a definite mm-hmm. look, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I just there, there's really nothing. I'm thinking I'm really thinking deep. I'm like, there's got to be something that I can tell people. It's like nobody would expect me to. To say. It's like, you, I don't know, do you have, like, do you have a secret stuffed animal that you sleep with every night that's, like, pink and fluffy and has hearts and shit on it? Like. Okay, here we go. All right, confession time. Wait, am I right? I don't sleep with it anymore. But yes, and it wasn't that long ago. So let me tell you. So my husband is from Spain. And for a lot of our, our courtship was really bizarre because it wasn't always face-to-face. It was online mm-hmm. because we would talk on, you know, the way we're talking now, right? Whether it's Skype or whatever. Um, oh, God, back use. in the day. Yeah. So <laughs> he came here. He had to leave right before Valentine's Day because, you know, you can only stay a certain couple of months and then he would leave. Mm-hmm. I would go there. So it was like a whole thing. And... um he was leaving like a week before Valentine's Day. So he's like, we should celebrate Valentine's Day before I go back. And he gave me, because I love pigs. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Like to me to say, hey, here's something you didn't know about me. I'm coming out of the broom closet. I love pigs. So he got me this little gun. Like not that little. It's not like a tiny one. It's like, a, I don't know, medium sized pig. That's and cute. I slept with it. I would sleep with it every night. So it was me. Chango and the little pig, whose name is Hamlet. That's um, so romantic. See, so yeah, Gross. so I did used to sleep. I know. So I love that. Yeah, I don't anymore, but and it's funny because he was in the washing machine so many times just because I would like make the bed and then go. Oh, mm-hmm. You can't really wash him, so he got destroyed. So he did get me another one. So now I just have one that is like on. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, maybe I'll take a picture for Instagram. So that's something people maybe don't know about me, but but thank I you will for also, saying what you said. When yeah. we take pictures, we'll we'll both yeah. put our little destroyed stuffed animals. <laughs> I think that's fair. But yeah, I mean, and I think that's like kind of part of the whole coming out of the broom closet episode because like you've be, you've been out, you've been out in like a billion different circumstances. You're really good at this. Yeah. I 
waited until the last possible minute. I mean, I, we, I've talked on the podcast about how, like, it took me a long time to even accept that I'm religious. But when I look back, like, being religious is really, it's, that was formative for me. Right? And the development of my religious practice over my life, it, it almost sort of grounds me in the way that, like, music grounds you. And so, if, like, it was an inevitability that I was going to have to be like, yeah, I am, I'm a witch. And what? <laughs> we had the biggest fight of our friendship over this whole thing because you would not say you were religious. And I was like, I so know you are. And you were like, no, I'm not. And now she's religious. It it, it was a process for me to, like, come to yeah. because and we talk about it in an interview with someone who I'm not going to spoil a little bit. But for me, it was like, okay, well, if you're religious, you're Catholic. If you're religious, you're Jewish. If you're religious, you're like one of these big mainstream religions. And so all of this stuff that I was doing, it's like, well, that's not religion. I'm not religious. But like, I am. And owning that was so formative for me to be able to be like, here's witch face in my Instagram bio. And maybe that's a thing that people have to think about when they're coming out of the broom closet because we change. My practice has changed. We've talked about it on the podcast, how we yeah. have both changed from just doing what we do on the daily, but also having these moments of reflection because that's what the podcast for us is all about, right? It's just yeah. you and me reflecting about our shit and the different hot takes we have on things that we've read or things that we've done. And I think if you say to somebody, I'm a witch, right? Well, what are you? Well, I'm Wiccan. And then in two years, you're like, um, I'm more of a traditional witch. And you have to explain yeah. that. And then you could go, um, now I'm incorporating a little bit of ancestor work because I got in con like in touch with my roots. And now I'm mm -hmm. people can barely grasp the concept that you're a witch. If you start changing, I think it just because this isn't quote unquote normal for people, it just becomes hard. You know, to just have yeah. to keep, because then you're outing yourself again, like, oh, remember when I told you I was this? Well, now it turns out that I also do that. And it's just, like, who cares? Like, who actually cares? When I meet yeah. somebody, I, why do you have to tell me anything about yourself unless it's important to the conversation that we're going to have? Can I tell you a hot take? Yes. I like small talk. Like, I like feel the like the weather's nice outside, that kind of yeah, stuff. Talk? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I love that. Um, I think a lot of people, especially like on the internet, complain about it. And I completely understand, like, uh, you know, neurodivergent people being like, I don't get it. Totally reasonable. Um, but I like it. I love small talk. I love that there is like a prescribed set of things that I can say to people that I'm not close with that show that I'm like interested in conversation, but that I'm not like trying to pry their deep, dark secrets out. I love the idea that like you gradually learn about people through these like stereotypical things. Like, you know, if I were to ask a stranger like, oh, you know, beautiful day we're having, their response tells me a little bit about them as a person. And, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, no, it's terrible. I'm having a miserable day. Uh, my life sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they, oh, yeah, the temperature is nice. Oh, maybe they like it to be really warm. You know, like, I love that. I love, I, I like not having to jump to unearned vulnerability. Oh, I love that. Unearned 
vulnerability and maybe that's what coming out really is do the people earning, who you're yeah. coming out to yeah do they deserve that and like a lot of them don't it's also why a lot of times when kids get very frustrated i'm the kind of person that if i'm really really angry and i come at you i'm either going to be barking mad or i could start crying but the energy is the same right because i'm so mm -hmm. frustrated and so angry i really just want to hit you but I'm not going to hit yet. So I'm either going mm -hmm. to be screaming my head off or I'm going to start crying. And when I see kids, I always tell them, don't give people your tears. Because I don't think people even understand that you're not weak at that moment. Like, I, I'm almost mm -hmm. more afraid of somebody who starts crying when they're angry than somebody who holds it together. Because I'm like, agreed. Like, that person could haul off and hit you now. Because those tears, they're really upset. They're holding back something big. That's like a mm -hmm. big warning sign. Like, you know how they show dogs all the time on TikTok? Like, if they, you see the whale eye or if you see yes. this, like, the, the dog's not happy. I'm like, when you see a crying person and you know that they're angry, that person's... Run. So, you say the wrong <laughs> thing. Yeah. And that person's going to haul off. So... Yeah. You know, but I think you said that beautifully. Yeah. It's the unearned vulnerability. So you have to think to yourself... Who deserves to even know this? And yeah. here's the other thing about coming out of the broom closet. Maybe you like this person and you're like, you know what? I'm going to trust them a little bit. Looks like our friendship is getting good. We're going to be good friends. I can tell them this stuff. But then you also got to think this. Is this bitch going to come back? She's going to want a reading? Is this person going to want me to do a spell? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to. So I came out to my nail tech. <laughs> <laughs> tell the story. And, I don't even know how this happened, but, you know, she talks and she was talking about religion and I just kind of let things go. Like, you know, you're Christian. Good for you. And then finally I just said, look, I, I don't know. I don't have any of these points. I said, I didn't grow up this way. I said, look, I'm a witch. Sure enough, she wanted to know if um, I would read her cards. And um, I didn't. But, you know, long story short, <laughs> <laughs> did I have them with me? They're always with me, but I just, I don't always feel like going there with people. Like, this is not the first thing. Like, if I meet a Christian, my first thing isn't, oh, you know what? I'm having a bad week. Can you pray for me? Yeah. <laughs> Can you do some Hail Marys? How come nobody does that? But like, they see us and they're like, oh, do you have, I've had people at work like, do you have a crystal for this? Or can you give me something for, mm -hmm. um, I want to say I don't take insurance. That's what I feel like telling people. Like, why are you bothering me? When I'm at work, so, I ask me funny. how I teach Shakespeare. Ask me what my favorite poem or I don't know. Ask me something about work. You know, I'm at work and I have a teacher come up to me and they're like, oh, I need something because uh, this person who's like in my room and it's like, no, get out. What you do is you tell them you charge $200 an hour. Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, my fee is $200 an hour. So let's work something out. And then they're like, never mind. Sorry, I don't actually need anything. This is a thing I actually do. I had a kid. I had a like an Oracle deck on my secret desk. I have like a Nook desk. And I had a kid see it. And they, he was like, will you read for me? Will you read my cards? And I literally looked at him and I said, I'm $200 an hour. You can't afford me. Can't afford I me. feel like, yeah, but I feel in my building, one of these adults would probably give me 200 bucks. And I'd be like, all right, no. I just cut them At off. At that point, no. you're getting 200 bucks. What? Do it. Okay, that's not why I'm in that building. 
I don't care if it's my lunch hour. Fair. During my lunch hour, I eat. I eat. I walk. You know. Yeah. I check TikTok. (laughs) That's what I do. Yeah. If I'm not grading, I don't. You know. And I just think it's really interesting that people don't see that correlation. That you would never ask somebody to pray for you, or can you light a candle for me at church, or can you? They don't think we're religious. Right. It's 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 a, a. a show it's a practice it's a toy it's a game right right yeah do you have which is now Now, why i answer things like when people say are you religious now i say yes yes i'm very religious well i was in the office catholic one day and um i had my salem mug i was gonna make some coffee and somebody said oh you went to salem and i said yeah oh did you buy some spells and i looked turned and i just said i'm wiccan and he was like, oh. I'll, <laughs> a little embarrassed, off, huh? I'll, yeah, I'll tell you off the podcast yeah. who it was. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it's okay. So it's just, you know. Like, don't be a dick. Like, I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like the, oh, did you yeah. buy some spells? And it's like, yeah, and now I'm going to fuck you up. No. And <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to use them, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know. And that was weird because I wasn't ever intending on necessarily saying it that way. But what's the alternative? You know, again, I would like this stuff to be normalized. And and I'm not going to repeat the story, but everybody on the podcast knows. It really made me think when I outed myself without realizing that there was a witch in the room by doing a whole lesson on Macbeth Mm. and then explaining to kids what a witch was. Yeah. And me thinking it's just part of, it's part of lore. It's part of what British people yeah. thought. So it, it wasn't, I wasn't teaching it for the sake of teaching it. It literally was going with, with what we were doing. And to have that kid look at me and then talk to me and I realized I can't, I can't just kind of like hide stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so much better to be able to say, are you a witch? Yes, I am. Kids have asked me, uh, not if I'm a witch, but, well, they have asked me that too, but they've asked me, you know, can you read for me? I say, absolutely not. That's not what I'm here to do. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And I think that's the same thing that if a child said to me, oh, it's your lunch hour. Can can I come in here and pray with you if they were, um, no. I mean, you you can go find if there's a place to go pray, but I'm not praying with you, even if we're the same religion, because... No, that's not what I do in school, you know, and it's the yeah. same thing with witch stuff. I think it has to be, for me, I think it has to be normalized. Like a lot of things have to be normalized, but I'm not sharing this with you because this isn't witch school, <laughs> right? We, yeah, I think this is, I think coming out of the broom closet for me was about sort of like owning the the that right the like people people know and it's okay that people know and if a kid sees good because then a kid is seeing like a representation of this um but it also is really helpful like just as a person and i think that i think a lot of i am projecting but i think a lot of people that listen to the podcast want your energy where it's like i know who I am and I'm going to be who I am and that's what it is coming out of the broom closet was 
really important, was a really important step for me to get to that place, to be able to be like, yeah, this is, this is who I am, right? Like, as, as important for me as a teacher to be like, a good representation, like a role model. Right. It's also important for me as a person to be a person, I guess is how I want to say that. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it is. It's, I didn't think, I don't know why I didn't think that I was going to have kids in the school or parents who are witches. So, yeah, I definitely felt I had a responsibility at that point once I realized that I had kind of outed myself that, yeah, you just got to have to just, like you said, be a role model. Just let people know, you know, I'm not discussing yeah. it with you. And I did have a kid who asked me in front of the entire class and I said, what kind of question is that? I said, that has nothing yeah. to do with what we're doing right now. Like I cut them right off. If a child asks me afterwards, I'll say yes, but I'm not discussing it. I'm just yeah. not discussing it. I said, you have Google. I don't know why you have to ask me. You yeah. have the internet, you know? So, so yeah, so I think there's any place. You could come out anywhere. And I think also we have the luxury that we teach older kids. So if older kids pick up on it, it's not yeah. so bad. If I was in elementary school, so if there's any teachers out there who are elementary school teachers, I don't know. I think that there you have to keep so much more to yourself. Yeah. Right? I can tell the kids at school, you know, oh, miss, what kind of movies do you watch? I like horror movies. I also like comedies. You know, like yeah. I can tell them that. I don't know that I would tell a little kid I like horror. What if they're really afraid of stuff? Then they're going to maybe be afraid of me. I don't know. Little kids can be weird. Kids that you yeah. don't know, right? In mass like that. Not like your relatives' kids, your friends' kids. I'm talking about like you're, you're teaching 30 kids. They're little. Yeah. I don't know that I would tell them I like horror movies. I think I would probably tell them what my favorite Disney movies were. Do you know what I mean? Because I do yeah. have favorite Disney movies. So I think if a kid asks me, what's your favorite movie? One of my favorite movies is Alf. And that's not even a lie. I love Elf. That's a good movie. Yeah. Right? So I think you have to know your um, your age group. Because the kids ask me all the time, what's your favorite horror movie? And they don't like the answer. Because I tell them yeah. from which decade. Because I... <laughs> I have a list. Literally. Come on, guys. I do. I do have a list, you know. Um, and the yeah. silent film, talkies, black and white, like how far... Mm -hmm. So... I would never do that with children because why would I even tell a child that there's a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street? Like, it's yeah. not appropriate, you know? So, well, and that's that's the sum up, right? Is like, we are, we can talk all we want about coming out of the broom closet for us. Coming out of the broom closet is a nuanced thing. It's not a one time situation, it's not an everyday situation. It's something that you have to decide on over and over again based on who you're with when you're with them, why you're with them, um, and how much, how vulnerable you want to be. Right. It's going to be different for everybody. You know, it took me a really long time. I'm 31 years old. I've been doing this for like over 15 years. It took me a really long time. It didn't take you as long, right? It might take somebody until they're 65. You might, you know, never come out to your family, but be a professional tarot card reader. Who you come out of the broom closet to is entirely up to you. And I think that the thing that I kind of want to say as, like, my sort of f finishing up, but, like, the, the end all be all of this is 
your life is going to look different than everybody else's. And if we compare to each other, we're just hurting each other. Because if I was comparing the way that I came out of the broom closet to the way that you came out of the broom closet, I would feel shitty. I would feel like I didn't do it right. I should have done it sooner. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't being this. I wasn't being that. But I did exactly what I needed to do for me. I did exactly what I needed to do for me to be the witch that I am and to continue growing into the practice that I have. You need to do what's right for you. And if that means, hey, I can't come out of the broom closet for 20 years because I'm in, you know, (laughs) butt crack Indiana and everybody there is really bigoted and it's not until I move to a city that I feel, you know, finally able to do it, but I still don't come out at work because I, those are fine. That's fine. And, you know, if you're a teenage girl living in, you know, Los Angeles, maybe it's easy for you to be like, yeah, I'm Wiccan. Everybody's going to do it at their own pace. Everybody's going to do it at their own time. And it doesn't fucking matter what anybody else does as long as you are being authentic to yourself. And you don't owe anybody your anything. Yeah. Right? You don't owe your boss or your coworkers. They don't need to know anything about you. They need to know that you clock in and that you do a good job. And... And, and that's kind of how I feel when I'm at work. Like with the adults, I tell who I want to tell if it comes out naturally. Yeah. I will answer questions if the adults had questions. The kids, I'm not entertaining because I'm just, they don't need to know. Like I, I'll be straightforward. Yes, I am. Oh, can you? And that's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, but at least. <laughs> we don't have enough time in our schedules to spend time on what my religion is. We have like tests. Yeah. Like get your shit together, guys. Exactly. But I'm not going to hide because I think that's worse. Because like I said, there are yeah. kids who are witches, whose mothers are witches. I mean, I've met yeah. witches. So, you yeah. know, to, to, to deny it is some kind of messed up, I think, on our part. But yeah. to talk about it, nobody, we don't owe anybody anything. So if you're thinking, well, if I ever, let's say, met us, right, and we're at an event or something, you're like, well, I don't want to come up to them because I'm not out. Like Gemini said, you do you. Like, I don't think somebody's a worse witch because they don't want to tell people. Because, again, it's nobody's business. Yeah. But you have to also navigate how much you want to... I know a lot of people. I'm going to start with this. I know a lot of people. I don't have a lot you of do. friends. <laughs> no, I'm saying I don't You do have know a lot, a lot of, of people. I, I don't yeah. have a lot of friends. Okay? Yeah. A friend is somebody that I should be able to talk about anything with. If I have a problem, I should be able to call and not feel like this person is going to go, why the fuck is she calling me? Right? Because that's what you do. Mm. Those people, yeah, I feel like I owe more to. I owe more of myself because... They give of themselves, and that's what their relationship is. That's what a friendship is, right? You're leaning on these people um, in good and bad times, which is why when people are, like, don't consider their spouses, like, their best friend or one of their best friends, I always think that's kind of yeah. weird because that should be one of your best friends there, the person you lean on, right? This, we, we lean on different people in different ways. So, yeah, I do feel like I owe um, my most authentic self, to my friends but to everybody i know i I don't i don't really owe you anything i think this is great the distinction i think is like groups right when we're talking about like a category you don't owe anybody anything you don't owe your job anything but your job you don't owe you know um your friends anything but your friendship 
but like you do owe people your friendship if you're friends with people you need to be friends with people right mm-hmm. you owe your family your family ship right and i th- oh this is another hot take this shit drives me insane because i feel like people use like this like psychological jargon to be like oh well people aren't entitled to x y and z i hear this a lot in like people leaving relationships and that's a whole separate other thing but like you know oh well you know people aren't entitled to this and people aren't entitled to like um your feelings so you don't have to explain yourself you know or you get those text messages i don't get these because i don't do this i don't have i don't talk to people who do this but like you see on the internet people talking about like oh, my friend told me we're not friends anymore, but she won't tell me why. She just was like, I was so happy that we had this season together, but I think we're moving in separate directions. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, you owe people being people. You don't owe them every single aspect of your life, but, like, you gotta be fucking human about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just meant when you you owe your friends. I mean, I just think it's some kind of whack to not talk about your religion or something that's important yeah. to you forget religion and with you feel like yeah that they're going to judge you somehow you know yeah big agree so when it comes to coming out of the broom closet there is i'm not gonna lie it's just so nice to just let it all hang out yeah i think i i also worried when i was younger like i wanted people to see me for the things that I knew, not for the way that I looked, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? On paper, I know that I look really good because I've gone to some really good schools, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like on paper I look good. And if you look a certain way, right, I don't know if people when I'm in the street necessarily look at me and go, I bet you she went to this university. Like, I don't think they Mm -hmm. think that. They probably think, like, she works retail or something. And, you know, and I think for a long time that bothered me. Like, I definitely felt like I'm professional. I have these whatever degrees and I want people to treat me a certain way. But at the end of the day, you know what? Some people are going to treat you like shit no matter what. So you might as well just look and talk the way you are because I think it's definitely less stressful for me. I don't really care. If people like me or not, I don't think I ever really did. It wasn't about liking me. But again, if you are in a position at work where you think that coming out is going to cost you that promotion, you got to think about it. Is it worth it? You know, being authentic is nice, but I don't know what your bills are. I don't know what your mortgage payment is. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you, no, you have to do this because people will accept you or, you know, sue them or at all costs. No, you know, is it worth it? Again, if you asked me the religion of the people I work with, I don't know. Yeah. I've seen some crucifixes on people, and I have heard people talking about going to Mass on Christmas and Easter. So I am going to make assumptions that they're Christian, but I can't tell you if they're Catholic, if they're... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not something that comes up in conversation. One guy was talking about his son was having his bar mitzvah. Okay, he's Jewish. Like that, <laughs> you're probably Jewish. Yeah, I, like yeah. I'm not. Uh, that's yeah. so. And and the thing is, when you think about it, people who are other religions don't think about. I better come out. I I gotta tell people yeah. today I'm Jewish because no one cares, right? I think we think about it because we know that for some people it does does they do care. Yeah, and this has to go away. And if I'm going to get on my soapbox for people that are living in the U.S., 
people who are not living in the U.S. I have never been more afraid of my country than I am right now. Mm -hmm. The things that are happening, not in New York, and you know what? For how long? I don't know for how long, but right now we seem to be okay. The things that are going on is against yeah. humanity, period. It's just going against humanity. So if you do not live in the U.S. and you see a bunch of expats and you're like, oh, I can't stand Americans, neither can I. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? People are leaving. And yeah. people who are staying, a lot of us don't even know what to do. So yeah. I'm going to say if, if there's any, if there's ever a time to ask for grace for Americans, I would say, let it be now. Not for the ones that are yeah. hateful. If you meet a person who is just full of hate for a group of people, that, now you can, yeah. you can hate them. But I'm Fuck saying them. like, yeah. yeah, but like the rest of us, like, we yeah. don't know what's happening and we don't know for how long. And, you know, I never thought I would say this, but who knows if. At a certain time, podcasts like this wouldn't even be able to happen in the U.S. And so, realistically, guys, if if you can't come out of the broom closet right now, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like any closet, it's right not now. a necessary step if you're not safe, right? But if you feel like this is something you want to do because you need to do it, and you can't be safe where you are, try to get the means to get out. Yeah. And that's for any kind of closet that you're in because it's getting scary. And that's the other reason. So now I'm going to backtrack and say that's probably another reason to come out. Because once you are, and I say this with love because I'm one of them, once you're a weirdo and you come out as the weirdo, now you have other weirdos. They may not be the same weirdo mm -hmm. as you. They may be a different type of weirdo. But we all kind of support each other, which is nice. Yeah. So if you're feeling scared, but you know for sure there's another group of people, this is the time for everybody to just start accepting everybody. If you're a bunch of witches, right, in a state where there are all these anti-LGBTQ laws, like, this is the time for team groups up. to come together. Yeah, team up. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're like, what well, they don't want to be a witch. Yes, but maybe they want to talk about something and just let it get, you yeah. know what I mean? Use some healing, do some Reiki or do whatever it is that you do to try to, like, help this person get through. This is a time for all of us to kind of come together. So, you know, if you can't come out of the broom closet, there's got to be ways to find people and yeah. just be together. We kind of need to be together on this. So... Well, that got, that got dark and sad real fast. <laughs> I didn't mean it for it to go yeah, there. I mean, hey, it's the reality we're living in. Um, yeah. I hope that this was, like, helpful. I know that it's – I know people love when we just shoot the shit. So, like, I know that they're going to like listening to it. But, you know, it's it's a nuanced topic. There's no, like, black and white answer when we talk about things like this. So I hope it helped somebody. Yeah. And I think – I know there are people – who are thinking about coming out, being a witch, and what should they do, and what kind of steps. Look, here's another thing, if we just go really quickly about steps. Think about who it's safe to come out to. Who do you know 100% it's yeah. safe to come out to? Come out to them first. Yes, 100%. Right? Do it in little steps, with your job probably being last. Because in all honesty... There's so many things about us that I know people at work don't know. 
They don't know my yeah. favorite band. They don't know, um, I don't know what they know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know a lot of dumb things. Why should they know this? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So, I guess that's it. So, yeah, we. I hope this was helpful, too, for people. And, you know, and you can let us know. Maybe you just, like, your first step is just us. messaging us and being like, hey, I'm a witch. Yeah, I'm a witch. That would be good. Actually, this is a great segue because I thank you for reaching out to us. I love you guys. Please keep DMing us. Sometimes it's hard to, like, get to the messages. Um, I have a lot of ADHD, but we always respond eventually. So reach out. You can email us, witchspaceco at gmail.com. We just love hearing from you guys. Um, and we would love, I think this podcast comes out early enough that we can say we'd love to see you at Moon Serpent and Bone. Yes, come out to us in person at Moon Serpent and Bone. But please tell us you heard the podcast because if you just come up to me and go, I'm a witch, I want to be like, yeah, so is everybody else in this Thanks. room. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> but uh, yeah, City Winery in Montgomery, New York is yes. the next Moon Serpent and Bone. We will be there. We will be at our table crafting spells for people. Yes. I'm very so excited about one, this. Come early. Yes, and they are free. We're not charging anybody, so come by, get a spell, do some shopping, grab some to eat and drink, and just enjoy. I think it's going to be a great time. I, I think the weather's supposed yeah. to hold up, so I haven't heard about any storms. Oh, it's still kind of soon to tell, but, you know, hopefully no rain, yeah. and we'll have a beautiful event. And, you know, if you can't be there, that's okay. There'll be other yeah. things. Yeah. Yes, and obviously, reach out to us because we love it. Thank you to Kano and Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you to you guys for being the best. We love you. And of course, remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. <laughs>